Hey there, it's Ali here. Thanks for checking in to create a thriving hypnotherapy business podcast. This podcast is most definitely for you if you're a new or established hypnotherapist who wants to flourish in practice and stay in business. Just so you know, we have a growing Facebook community where you can go for support, sanity and inspiration. Check out the show notes for a link. But for now, though, let's get on with the show. So good morning, everyone. It is absolutely amazing to be with you today. I'm very excited today because I have somebody who, frankly, is a lifesaver for people like you and me who don't want to talk about things that are complicated and full of legislation. Today, you are welcome to Judith from The Business Tamer. Hello, Judith. Hello. 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 Um, I know, I'm the weirdo. I'm the weirdo who likes GDPR. Yeah. I know, and we love you for it. Um, it's really important. That's why That's why you're here. Um, it was when I was thinking about this podcast, I was like, there's three things that people are terrified of as hypnotherapists. One, marketing. Two, accountancy. Three, GDPR. So you were in my top three hit list of people I must have on. And as the only person to ever hold my attention for more than about a nanosecond <laughs> on GDPR. <laughs> it well, also, I, I do yeah. try. I do try. I know yes. it's tough. I know it's a tough subject. There's a lot of it. But, um, yeah, I quite like it. So I think that helps, doesn't it, really? I, I think it's essential. You know, it's like other people would find what I do kind of a little bit, it would give them the ick. So, you know, it is it is that whole horses for courses. Um and I do. I think it's brilliant when people love what they do. So, which we will get into a little bit later. Um, but so, here's the thing: we need to start because for some people, they'll have heard it bandied around. Yeah. Um, so we need to clarify what it is. And I know that I put in my like prep thing: explain it to me like I'm five, because let's face it, basically that's the only way I'm going to get it. So, tell tell us. GDPR, you know, data protection officer, right. okay. um, all of that stuff. Give us the skinny. Okay. So GDPR stands for the General Data Protection Regulations, and they're part of the UK's legal framework for protecting information. And that's specifically personal information that can identify an individual. So not your business information. So not your accounting. This is personal information mm. that can identify an individual. So, but there's a lot of that. So it could be your name, an address, email address, IP address, driving license number, medical data, medical history, ethnicity, sexual orientation, philosophical belief. There's a, and they, that's not all of them. There are more. Don't worry. Mm. Um, but it, it's any and all personal information that combined could be used to pinpoint a person. And it applies to everyone living, adults and children. So you could have someone's name, Judith Andrews, but that doesn't necessarily identify an individual, but have Judith Andrews and her phone number, and that identifies me as an individual. So that's yeah. when PR kicks in. Right. So okay. it's important for us, isn't it, as therapists yeah. Yeah. to be really aware of this? Definitely, because and also for therapists, you're collecting an awful lot of inf soft information. Yeah. But you might not be using to identify an individual but you'll collect you know it's almost like that pseudo medical stuff you need it it's important um so you do need to be very clued up on gdpr and what you can and can't do with data yeah 
Yeah, and we might have, you know, we'll have might have things like the medication someone's taking, their personal history, their all sorts of things. Actually, it's data that you wouldn't want no. out there. And, it, and it, the reputational damage if you lose anything like that for you is um, for a therapist is would be quite painful. So yes. um, with a lot of trust in here. Yes. But um, a lot of people think that the regulations came out because of our previous membership of the EU. Um, but I learned this back in March, that data protection is deeply ingrained in British culture. And we Brits are obsessed with privacy. We've all heard, remember the phrase, Nosy Parker, or an Englishman's home is yeah. castle. Um, well, that all relates into the concept of privacy, and it goes back to the 19th century, which, of course, predates the current laws or any EU directives. So it's jolly fun, GDPR, see? Okay, you can't – how did you find this out? See, this is why we love um, Judith. This, okay. is Ju this is Judith. So, You're getting pure Judith here. <laughs> I, I went to um, the – uh, the IAPP conference in London. So I'm a member of the International Association of Privacy Professionals. And I went to the two day conference in London. And I found my tribe. I've never found my tribe before. But I found my tribe. I am a GDPR geek. And I had the best time the best time. Um, I've got a, here you go. I can. I have a teddy bear. Oh. Yeah, it's cute, cute. That's awesome. So it was brilliant. I, I had a really, really good time. Um, and that's where we learned a lot about um, the UK's cultural commitment or Brit's cultural commitment to privacy. Um, so it builds wow. on the it builds on a human right back in yes. 1948. Um, and then there's been this ongoing framework that's developed over the last 70, 80 years that we've ended up with the GDPR, um, which is the gold standard for protecting data and upholding a, an individual's right to privacy. So that's that's where we are. So it's really important. And even though we're out of the EU, the UK government has is committed to retaining that, that structure. So it won't be going away. Mm. Good. I think it's a really good okay. thing. So how did you get into this? Um, uh, well, I, uh, yeah, well, I, I fell into it by accident. It's a bit weird, um, isn't it, really, how life throws things at you and you take them. I was asked by a client. I was a virtual assistant. I had a VA business and I was asked by a client to join him at a GDPR conference, a workshop. Uh, he was preparing for the regulations coming up in May. So this was early 2018. Um, and he, like a lot of people, thought that GDPR was all about IT, so data security and antivirus that type of stuff and it was during the work workshop I literally saw the penny drop for him that actually there was a real human element in here for, for of GDPR and he was then panicking how how was he going to fit this in with all the other stuff that he did as a, a business owner so I, I offered to take a look and I quickly realised that the new regulations, although they weren't complicated, I didn't think they were complicated, they were complex and they were lengthy. So four years on, I'm a qualified privacy professional and my business, Business Tamer, is dedicated to helping business owners get to grips with the legislation. Now, I'm just bear with me now, brace yourselves. There's a lot of legislation. It's not just the GDPR. There's the Data Protection Act 2018, the UK GDPR, 
the PECR, the Freedom of Information Act, the Children's Code, and the NIS regulations. That's not all of them. There's also a lot of acronyms. There's the ICO, ROPA, DPOs, DPIAs. Let's not forget the processes. What do you do if you're sharing data? Suppose you use a VA for email marketing or use a bookkeeper. And the cherry on this delicious cake, what do you do if they have a data breach? So there you go. Do you know, I literally can feel myself sweating as you say that. Um, (laughs) Literally. And that's why, I mean, how is any normal, normal-ish human being with therapists, we're not normal. Um, how are we supposed to navigate that? Because, I mean, that sounds so, now it's just like you say, that's got steeped in British history. That was just like, yeah, that sounds like something Britain would do. Yeah. Let's make it yeah. complicated, make it. as terrifying as we can, and go, and you have to do it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, gonna- I, and I think, unfortunately, for a lot of business owners, they just go, it's too much. I'm I'm going to pretend it's it's not happening to me. And mm. um, yeah, that's yeah. and that's what I, I I do get that. Um, people say it doesn't apply to me. Um, doesn't apply to my business. Well, it um, it does apply to every business that has data in it. And quite honestly, if you don't have data in your business, it's what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What are you doing? Yeah, <laughs> that means you don't have customers if no. you don't and, have data, and for most doesn't businesses, it? It's, you know, it's very simple, depending on what you do. It does, I mean, it's, and this is this is the thing with GDPR. It's quite woolly. Um, so it's not a, you need to do this. You need to have that. It's very in, dependent on what your business does. So mm-hmm. for therapists, they all need to be registered with the Information Commissioner's Office for Data Protection because the, the, the categories of data that you are collecting. But if you are doing... Say you're a building firm, you wouldn't need to register with the ICO for data protection because you're probably only going to be using the data in your business for running your business. So there is a diff. There are differences, yeah. and yeah, so it is tricky. Yes. In the early days of GDPR, I wrote. I just wrote lots and lots of privacy notices for websites, but now I do all sorts of things. Um, so I do website full website documents, so cookie policies and that type of stuff. Um, and I'm also an outsourced data protection officer, so named with the ICO. So I give ongoing support to my clients on all sorts, all sorts of things, data sharing agreements, um, breaches. So, mm. yeah, it's quite varied and uh, quite interesting. Mm. So, yeah, because it's, it, you know, so we'll get on to that with the can you do it yourself bit because that can't we'll kind of circle back to that yeah. being your own data yeah. protection officer because i know we need to kind of do that because that's probably what most people are going to bit do um so when you go into businesses you kind of gave us a quick overview of kind of things that you do so what in essence if we said judith save me what would you be doing yeah for somebody okay. like me yeah so i want to help business owners achieve two things one that they meet their responsibilities under the legislation and protect their businesses from any fines or penalties or even worse in my view complaints but secondly i want to help them make the most of that information because it's a it's an it's an asset it's an asset in your business but i'd normally start with a very gentle conversation 
and then we carry out a full information audit. There's no bright lights. There's no thumbscrews. <laughs> it's quite painless. Um, I, I promise. Um, and that covers everything, the whole data flow within a business, what data is in the business, yeah. why are you using it, are you sharing it, where is it stored, is it secure? And that can take about an hour and a half. And it literally is just me firing off a load of questions. Sometimes mm. it's a bit longer because sometimes the conversations can go off on a little bit of a tangent. But yeah, best bit for me, um, and this is the thing that I love about GDPR, is I know the rules and I like to make the rules work for a specific business. So it's uh, the more I get to know a business and where the personal information is, what are the aims of, of that? what you want to use that information for then i can make the legislation work for that person that yeah because there's this whole thing around oh gdpr means you can't do anything with it yeah yeah, yeah. you yeah. know and it's like when you when somebody it's like that classic when the insurance company or someone phones you and then can't talk to you because of yeah. GDPR, if you get so, it's like, but you phoned me. Yeah. <laughs> How does that work? Yeah, it work? yeah. So it's just, that, and there's lots of things where it seems like it might have been got a little bit wrong. Um, you know, it's like you can't use the data for anything. And I'm like, no, no, I'm always very keen. It's like, no, you can. You've just got to have a good reason and be able to stand by that reason. Absolutely. And it not be, yeah. you know, um, a bit daft. Yeah, and not be daft or unnecessary or or spammy, particularly for us, you know. Yeah. So if we're telling people about things, it's like, no, that's appropriate. You know, we can stand absolutely, by that. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And you've got the different lawful bases. But, I mean, you're going to be – your therapists are going to be looking at lawful bases of consent, contract, and legitimate interest. You're, co you're, co you're covered. You're covered. It's not that you can't use that data. It's how you use it. And as long as you tell your customers, your clients, your patients, mm. yeah. and even and your business contacts, even if you know you've got your sending out email list, email marketing to non-client base, mm. then that's fine too. Yeah, that's fine too. Yeah, yeah. So, what do you do once you've had a chat with somebody? So once I've downloaded or they've downloaded all that information, I will complete the audit, write a report with some recommendations and actions, and then we have another follow-up call or another follow-up meeting if it's mm. if that's pref preferred. And that's the opportunity for my client to ask me questions because it is a bit rabbit in headlights and there is a lot and there will be stuff afterwards. There always is, isn't it? Why didn't I ask about that? Or can I do it? You know, I try and provoke um thoughts on how I can best use this data. I'm now also a member of the Data and Marketing Association. I'm an accredited member. So I very much want to have that carrot and stick approach to data. So mm. here's GDPR as the framework of how you use data. And then let's have some ethical marketing alongside it because it is a business asset and you need to use it. Talk to me about ethical marketing. Well, ethical marketing is would you want your mum to receive this? Basically, I think that's the easiest way. That's the easiest question to ask. Would you want your mum to receive this email? Right. Whether it's frequency or content or have, has she asked for it? Would she understand it? Is it appropriate for your mother to receive an email about steel cut toe cap boots? I don't know. But, you know, that type of is it appropriate? Um, then, yeah, that's the best way to 
that's the, that's the easiest way I can put it. Ethical marketing. Would you want Would you want your mother to receive this nice. message? Nice. Thank you for that. I like it when it's simple. Um, yeah, and really cool because, of course, marketing, you know, we've got to do it. We're in business. You can't get away from marketing. You know, it's the days of build it and they will come. A, I think that never was real. Um, you know, it was, it's probably maybe, like... Maybe for the Romans, but not for us, Ali. Not for us mere mortals. I've only ever met one person who didn't need to do any marketing mm. and they were a jeweller for the queen. It's like... <laughs> That is a reputation that will step there, will step before you forever. You yeah. ne don't need to do anything, but that's because you get to muck about with the literal crown jewels. So yeah, everyone else, we need marketing. Absolutely, us, mere mortals. So yeah, so to know how to do, it. and I love that kind of that ethical thing because that's very much kind of taps into who we are um, as therapists. It's like I want to get stuff out there, but I don't want to do it like that. Also, hypnotherapists. This is just a general sweeping statement alert. Um, we tend not to be very salesy. That's just some people are that's, good at sales. That's so, okay, but you see, yeah. you can you just and that's where the clever marketing stuff comes mm. in. It's the wording of it. You don't have to make it really salesy, but if you're yeah. good at what you do, and you are good at what you do, Ali, I know that you've tinkered with my head. Um, then why wouldn't you be telling people that you're good at what they do i tell people that you're good at what they do if somebody says in in equestrian groups i've had a bad fall and i've lost my confidence i tag you yeah oh, i know thank you so really you know i i think that that's what marketing should be shouldn't it it's it's less sales and much more i'm really good and if you need me this is where i am and who i am and what i do yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, that's why we're going to have people talking about marketing um, and sales, actually, because it is just it's just it's part of part of the part of having a business is people need to know who, what, when, where, how, all of that malarkey um, and that you are the person for them. So it's just it's a conversation we have. But that nice thing, you know, when you put ethical on it, you can almost feel us as a as a group decompress and go, oh, it's OK, I'm not being awful. That's cool. Because, yeah, because in general, not going to lie. It gives people the ick, sales and marketing, because they're like, I just want to Absolutely. do lovely things with hypnosis. And it's like, you're telling me I have to go out there and tell people, oh, no, I don't want to do that. It's like, yeah, you do. Yeah, well, you, <laughs> so, yeah. you, you get your marketing person on this podcast, I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yes. So, <clears throat> sorry, still got a bit of COVID joy. Um, anything else we need to know about kind of, what you do with your clients and um, once yeah, you've so, done that report yeah, absolutely. what happens i don't do templates i don't use all my documents are written tailored for an individual business need so if you need um a clause in your contract or your terms and conditions for your clients if you need website documents it's everything so mm -hmm. you don't uh, my clients don't know what they need but i do um, so I will work in that conversation, in that hour and a half initial conversation, and we, I will um, get a real feeling of, mm. like, okay, you need to have a sentence in this bit that explains that in your contract. You need a real, a, a, a lovely, warm consent wording on your website for, to encourage people to sign up to your newsletter. That's fine. I can write that. Mm. So it's, oh, wow. it, everything's, ta everything's tailored. 
everything's tailored. It's not, I don't do templates. I don't, you know, you might as well. If you want a template, there's plenty of information on the ICO website. Yeah, sure. Why do you, because I def- definitely think you are passionate about it, mm. what, what floats your boat about it so much? Um, I think because my my employed life was banking and insurance, which of course is the most regulated yeah. industries known to mankind. And the rule book we had at my last place of business was just immense. And you had to make those rules work. And I like making rules work in a very practical way. Uh, so that's why the GDPR is a lovely framework actually for mm. using data it gives you plenty of opportunities to use data um and so but how helping people translate that into their business that's the bit i like and it's the variety yeah. gdpr is gdpr that's not going to move but i don't have the same conversations with my with any client because they're still everyone's everyone is individual every business is individual their aims their goals what they want to achieve mm. and that's the that's the bit that gets me excited sorry i'll calm down now <laughs> please don't no i was gonna say i think that is what sets you apart and now that makes so much sense because i could because honestly i'm not gonna lie i could never figure it out before why you got so bad but that fact that that's that's where you you know that's your backstory is ah look at it as a backdrop to this where i had to be able to do fun stuff within all of that and then this makes much more sense um you know it's almost like it's it's the natural progression almost, isn't it? Yeah. It's just like, yeah. let me tell you that you can do fun stuff Rules with are there not to be broken, but they're, they're there to, they're there, to, they're there to benefit us, aren't they? Um, yeah. Most, most of the time. Yeah. So that's what I like, like doing. I love, and GDPR is, is so beautifully ambiguous and grey and it's, it, it just makes me smile. I'm really sorry. Sorry. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I'm just gonna have a little moment here. I know. I know. Sorry, I was talking. No, so that's talking. why you, Judith. That's why nobody else was allowed to talk about this but you. I was talking to someone the other week, and they said, "Do you realise how passionate you get about GDPR?" And I was like, "Yeah, I know. I know. It's just it's strange, but yeah, it's strange. But we need that, you know. It's like Pete. It's a very um." I think people do love people who are passionate about it, but it's really nice to know. I love the fact that we know why. That's really cool. I'm very happy. That's just on a personal level, that's made me very happy to know that little (laughs) bit of the puzzle. Um, So let's talk about the benefits of business and GDPR and data, because it is, you know, there's a reason that people wanted to protect it. We hear about all those like data breaches. We hear about, you know, um, elections and yeah. all, all sorts of crazy stuff happening. So data is a real asset, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, in business and how we can use it. And then on the other side of it, you're always told, oh, you need an email list and all of that stuff. And we go, okay, go on. I don't know what to do with it. So let's talk about a little bit about well, that. Yeah, sure. So um, you're right. Personal data is the largest business asset that doesn't appear on your balance sheet. And without it, every business will fail. You, you can't survive now without having data in your business. 
Mm. I think over the past two years, we've all got very comfortable being online. Whether we like it or not, we are comfortable about it. And as consumers, we are sharing data every time we shop, every time we interact with a business. Uh, We've moved on from being able to use services or shop anonymously. It's as simple as that. You know, you, you can't now be anonymous. You know, you go into Sainsbury's and they're, they're filming you, you know, they're, they're filming you. They're, they can, they, they're talking about they've got face recognition software to identify shoplifters. But so you can't, we can't go anywhere now without being identified in some form or another. Mm. And businesses collecting personal information, they should be using it. If they're yeah. not, they're gonna, they really are going to miss out. But, of course, that does mean that you need to use it carefully. We Nobody likes spam in their inbox. Nobody likes spam that I know, but nobody likes spam in their inbox. And so I want my clients to be clever when it comes to using that personal information. Can you target your marketing? You know, are you, are you asking for referrals? It's, there are clever ways of doing it and that benefit your business. Mm. I mean, it's simple. If you understand why you've got the information in your business, then you should you should have a goal for using it. But the biggest benefit is is trust. And there's been lots of research carried out um, by One Trust and the Data and Marketing Association. Um, and then there's been the UK Business Data Survey that both said that over 70% of consumers make their choices based on trust. Mm. So if you're seen as trustworthy in how you're using data, then, you know, it's, it's, it can only benefit your business. And you, you need to build strong relationships. There are There's a lot of hungry mouths to feed out there in the in the world and so you need to use things as best you can absolutely and trust is a massive thing for us absolutely. as therapists so to have that kind of like really yeah you know, it's almost like another layer of it it might not be obvious it's kind of it might sit to the side a little bit but i think the more people know about it cuz we're all getting a little bit cleverer with recognizing, you know, actually, you know, even though things like on on websites, you actually have to decide about cookies rather than it just happening, and you know, and all of that consent, and you've got you know right to privacy and right to erasure and all sorts of things going on. So they're actually starting to educate people a little bit more, yeah, rather than just trusting companies to do the right thing, which of course is really helpful because it means people are starting to think about it. Yeah, and absolutely and, yeah. and and also i i hate to be a bear of bad news but there is the dreaded privacy activist so there are there are individuals who make claims now for companies saying that they're breaking data protection legislation and if you don't pay up they will be making a complaint to the ico so there's there's some nasty stuff going on on there and the, the more educated a business owner is about gdpr and have confidence that they are meeting their responsibilities under legislation, then the better. It means they don't have to worry about it. They can move on and do the thing that they love. I love GDPR. You love tinkering with people's heads. You know, whatever it is, you know, that that's the thing that we set up to, to do our businesses for. Yeah, absolutely. So big question. Can you do it yourself? Of course you can. Okay. Well, you know, you're we're all multi-talented people. You can definitely read the legislation and apply it to your business. But whether you would want to or not, that's more a question. It's very time consuming. 
the legislation, as I've said before, can be a bit woolly. It's not clear what you actually need to do in places. It doesn't say you need to have. It's a you may quite a lot. The yes. ICO website is very helpful, though. There's lots of templates and checklists, but there's an awful lot of pages to read, I know, because I have read them. Um, and on top of that, the data protection landscape changes. Mm. We've left the EU um, and GDPR is now retained in UK law, but there's also the Data Protection Act and um, PECR, which is the Privacy and Electronic Communication Regulation. So that governs email marketing, telephone marketing. Yeah. So there's three bits of legislation that you really need to get to grips with. So that's three lots of rules in effect. Um, and that covers everything. So, yeah, you can, but it's that trade-off, isn't it, between time versus value? Do you want yeah. to spend your time reading the ICO's website or do you want to spend your time doing the thing you love? Yes, it is it is one of those things where, and I think that's why, you know, I've signposted people to you before simply because of that, because it's like, it is the full rabbit in the headlights. And I'm just like, well, I'm not going to tell you about it because it's A, it's complicated and B, it's not something I looked after myself. <laughs> By the way, I don't, you probably can't, but if you ever can hear a weird noise in the background, that's actually my dog snoring, <laughs> um, you know. <laughs> It's I can hear it's really loud, but I don't know if it ever comes through. So I'm just like, I'm just going to put it out there just in case anyone goes, what the hell is that? Yes. So should somebody have a very organised mind like yours, as opposed to a brain filled with kittens and butterflies like me? (laughs) What are the top tips and red flags with client data and privacy and storage and all of that landscape okay so my top tip would be think about why and what you want personal information for then when you've worked that out you tell your customers your clients that why you want it and what you're going to use it for and then you're going to do it so if you say you want uh, an email address because you'd like to add them to their monthly newsletter, Mm -hmm. then make the newsletter interesting, make it valuable to your customers. If you ask for a birthday, make sure you've got a reason, like Shepherd Neem, send me a birthday voucher. They've got my birthday and they send me a birthday voucher. That's lovely. But they told me that that's what they were going to use it for. I joined their birthday club. That's fine. Uh, Red flag, I suppose the the most obvious one is don't think that it doesn't apply to your business. It applies to everyone. And as we've already touched on, consumers are becoming much more aware of their data rights. Mm. And when they share information, they expect it to be kept and used safely. Um, and nobody likes complaints. And even worse, you don't want the ICO knocking on your door or one of the privacy activists that I mentioned. Mm. Um, yeah, they're just they're, you know, they're the nasty ones. They just want they just want money. Yeah. So do the ICO ever do any checks on anyone? I know there was this whole thing right at the beginning is like they were going to have a look at everything and do stuff like that. Or is it just something you just need to have? Because at some uh, point, something in all honestly, the ICO will not does, does not have the resources to investigate every individual company. Mm. Um, and they are ob- obviously and probably quite rightly taken up with those you know those 
issues that are much bigger than us. Yeah, I think from a D- GDPR point of view for SMEs, it's going to be consumers, customer complaints, yeah. um, that, uh, th- that reputational damage. Yeah. That is more risk, more of a risk than yeah. the ICO. The ICO doesn't yeah. just fine. There are penalties that could stop you. That could say they could they could stop you using online data. Whether for your therapists that would have any impact, probably not. From a marketing point of view, probably limited. But it's for therapists. Reputational damage would be that would end your business, wouldn't it? Yeah. But then there's so many ways that we store and hold data even you know even if you send somebody an invoice it's like where does that get stored who does that get sent to you know will your accountant see it you know all all there's there's i don't think there's a single business where you wouldn't have a bit of data that didn't need yeah it's just there's it's it's when you start thinking oh yeah but also where does it go you can go down a bit of a rabbit hole and, and think, well, and it becomes so over, almost consuming that you don't actually use it and you become, pet, you petrify yourself. Mm. GDPR is not about doing that either. It's not about that. It's it's uh, John Edwards, who's the current information commissioner. He said UK GDPR is a, is a how-to, not a don't-do. Well, I think they're, mar- they're marketing on that. Has fallen short <laughs> because yeah, well, I mean, that's not how it I, comes across. <laughs> the ICO are the ICO are. Um, every time I interact with the ICO, they're lovely, but yeah, they're a bit. Um, they've got a lot to do. Oh, and that's like when my, my yeah, like when my dad used to say when I first went into business, he went, honestly, phone the tax office. They're really nice when you're phoning them. <laughs> Yes, yeah. you don't want it the other way round. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And I would say the ICO probably yes. operate in a very, very yeah. similar yeah. way. Yeah. Yeah. I think that probably is. It's like, oh no, we're here to help. Or end you, your choice. <laughs> <laughs> so um this is something I talk to lots of people about because obviously when people come into hypnotherapy, quite often they haven't run their own business before. Yeah. So and one of the things I'm asking people about is like the face palming, cringeworthy mistakes that they have made so that we know that, yes, they might be awful, but here we are, we're all still alive and we're all still in business. So come on, Judith, dish the dirt. What are the stupid things you've done? <laughs> Not focusing on my core service. Okay. Thinking I was, I would could be all things to, so I would get asked to do all sorts of write all sorts of documents and policies and things. And yes, I can do them. Mm. But actually, by the time I've researched it or looked into it, is it really worth my time? And is it, it does it become, it becomes quite stressful. You know, you're writing something that actually you don't really, you're not really an expert on. So now I'd stay very comfortably in my in my expertise and uh, with my tribe yeah my gdpr tribe with your gdpr tribe yeah. so no, we did not know it was a thing because one, today. I, one i love it and two i'm good at it so yeah. why wouldn't i stay there so i think that's the but it's taken a it, yeah i've made some mistakes on the way before realizing oh why don't i just do something i love yeah 
What do you think it cost you in the past? Oh, brain ache, probably. <laughs> and st- and stress, you know, yeah. am I doing the right thing? And and of course, what I do can have financial repercussions. So making sure I've got, yeah, I've got the right level of professional indemnity insurance, it, it, you know, it could, things could have gone badly wrong. Now I know where my limits are and I yeah. stick with them. Stick yeah. With them. Yeah, absolutely. No, I think that's it. It's that. Yeah, it's nice to be wanted, isn't it? Oh, do you do such and such? And it's nice to be to be thought of as yes. being an expert in a number of areas. But yeah, now I know. Yes, I'm. Um, interestingly, I kind of because people would always talk about niching, and I say I like. I, it's almost like I reverse niche. It's not what do you want to do? It's like what I don't do. <laughs> Yeah. So then that's how I've kind of come to where I am. It's like, do you work with children? No, I've got a clear for that. Do you do that? Do you do face to face? No, I work online and I'm looking for a new one around here that does that. So, you know, it's like kind of like weird. I've been like carving stuff away. So it's like my niche is whatever's left rather than how most people do it, which is moving towards something. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's interesting. It doesn't matter, does it, how you get no. to your niche? It's as long as you... I just, and I think as well, it, it has, as a virtual assistant, I did everything. Yes. And then it was a, oh, can you look into GDPR? So that sort of, it's become funneled down. Yeah, I'll look into GDPR. And then it was, oh, and do you do this? Do So now it's, yeah, it's just GDPR and data protection. How long have you just been doing like the GDPR and data protection? Because obviously I, we first met when we, you were kind of crossing over and starting to get excited yeah. about that stuff. Yeah, so, so. Uh, just over three years. Wow. Wow. Just over three years. Yeah, June 2019. It was That's when I made the, right, I'm not doing that anymore. I'm just going to focus on this. What difference did it make when you did just focus on this to your business? It became much easier to talk to other people about it. Mm. Um, I had to do some work on my language. Um, I worked with a business strategist on how I communicate GDPR to people um, because it's very process and yeah. naturally I'm quite process. Yeah. Of course that can kill people. Um, and so if I do a presentation, we play GDPR bingo <laughs> um, in, to, you know, to, yeah. and I try, I have, so I have had to work quite hard on making GDPR fun. Because I find it fun, so but sometimes it's very easy to sort of flip into that. I know what I'm talking about and become very deadly serious about it. So now I, I don't bother. I just, yeah, let the weird and wonderful take over. Yes, I think some of the history stuff. I love that. It's like, and it, as soon as you said it, you know, this is a British obsession. I'm like, you're right. You know, yeah, we are weird about stuff like that. Yeah. So it's, it, it is it is a British thing. It's yeah. you know, then it's been stolen by the Europeans. Yeah, I mean, there's the thing. It's just like you know, we're like we love a bit of legislation, and if there's some administration to do, that's very that's very British. But it's also it's like oh French. Um, <laughs> we are like the two countries that most love admin and all the nice little rules that intersect in 27 different places. That's just, you know, it's kind of... Beautiful. Yeah. It's just beautiful. It's like nature, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. So first thing that people should think about when they are sitting down, 
and thinking, right, I want to start looking at GDPR, um, you know, because we talk about it when people are students now, because obviously we've actually, we this course, we've now finally put it in the course rather than saying, there's the ICO, go and look over there. Right, okay. We've started introducing it in the course. So we're trying to bring it up into people's kind of awareness right, before okay. they end up with, you know, you need a privacy statement on your website. What? <laughs> you know, we want to kind of give them the heads up. Yeah. So where's where's a good place to start? Well, I was going to say the ICO website. Cool. So, um, which is where I started. But I suppose the first thing is don't panic. And, yeah, looking at the ICO website, you might panic. They have got some really helpful checklists, especially for micro businesses. Yeah. Um, so that's very helpful. But come and find me. Happy to have a quick chat with anybody about GDPR and pointing in the right direction. Um, that's, you know, something, well, something I quite enjoy, really. Where can people find yeah, so where can people find you? I will put this in um the show notes and things like that, but yeah. otherwise so, where are people looking for you? Okay, so my website is businesstamer.co.uk. Nice. Um or the listeners can find me on LinkedIn, either Judith Andrews or I have a business page, Business Tamer. Fabulous. So that's it. Good stuff. And how do you work with people? Is it just on a one-to-one basis or do you do courses or? I am working on a course at the moment. Um, it's nearly finished um, and it's aimed at very practical um, GDPR. So, you know, what do you need to do if you're, you know, looking after the data in your own business? So that's right. what I'm aiming at, you know, do I need a data protection policy? How do I write it? So it's that type of thing. So yeah. that's nearly, nearly ready. Oh, fantastic. Um, and uh, But otherwise I work one-to-one. Yeah, cool. It, it's difficult to work in a group setting because obviously each business is in, is separate. But yes. um, easily easy work to – and I can do it online um, or face-to-face if you're in Kent, in sunny Kent. Fabulous. Well, good to know. Judith, thank you very much for today. That's Love been it, absolutely fab. And I, I do feel less sweaty now about GDPR. Um, and it is because it is. It's something that we know we need to do it. We also know that as therapists, we do hold some really personal data. Mm. Um, you know, even if we don't hold, and a lot of us don't hold an awful lot, but we do want to know that we're keeping our clients safe because it is, it, it's one of the first things we talk about is privacy when we start Absolutely. training. Yeah. And so it's kind of, it's at the heart and the core of what we do. Um, you know, I always explain it by saying, I want you to practice talking about a case so that if they were sat next to you listening, they wouldn't know it was them. So that's the level that we like to think at. So for us, GDPR should be something that we embrace, um, you know, and again, that ethical marketing, that's just, you know, that's kind of like music to our ears as an industry, because that's kind of how we work naturally anyway, for the most part, um, you know, so that's kind of where we are. So I really appreciate all oh, no, of that. Anytime. And yes, and obviously we will send people in your direction to, um, <laughs> to mop up their tears <laughs> and give them a cup of sweet tea <laughs> and send them back out into the world feeling yeah. more, more fully uh, compliant yeah more compliant 
Yes, great stuff. Thank you, Judith. Pleasure. Thanks so much for hanging out with us today. Remember to check out the Facebook community through the link in the show notes and be sure to rate, review and follow the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor or wherever you get your podcasts. Especially be sure to follow, rate and review the podcast if you really liked it. If you didn't, don't worry about it. It's fine. And be a great friend and share it with your hypnotherapy friends and colleagues. There are enough clients to go around, so let's build everyone up. I'll see you next time on Creative Thriving Hypnotherapy Business Podcast and let's go change the world.